Welcome back, everybody, to the Punk Rock Horror Podcast. I am the Undead Matt. And I'm Krampus Cody. And today, we're here to remind you that if you're still in Colorado and you're dealing with our fluctuating weather, and this is your first time dealing with it, welcome. This is normal. And if this is your 100th time dealing with it, ain't I right? Going to get cold here again real soon. (laughs) I know. I'm waiting for 10th winter. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awful. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by SlashingCast.net. Again, that is currently where you can find all of our episodes, Patreon links, merch links, everything. So if you want to support us, please make sure you also support SlashingCast.net. They've been pretty good to us. Um, that being said, we are excited to have some returning guests. These ones have, have been, it's been a minute since they've come on, about, I'm going to say two years now, it feels like. That feels about appropriate. Oh, I'm sure. Has it been yeah. that long? Oh my God. It might have been. I <laughs> think it so might have been. Um, when they first came on they originally came on for just a bonus episode to talk about their graphic novel they were working on at the time and now they are here to update us on said graphic novel please everybody welcome in the same graphic novel two years later (laughs) Uh, please please welcome Emily and Dan of the zombie game I hope the listeners don't mind me still doing some sound effects here and there. They, I know, I know they're thinking they're just like get a goddamn board like every other podcast and do it. But no, we are organic. We are punk. We do it ourselves. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. But much more punk than the Yeah. <laughs> I don't need those fancy gadgets to make my own explosion sounds. <laughs> What's an iPod? Back in my day, when you want to listen to music, you would have a bag of batteries and a CD player and have yourself a good afternoon. I don't miss carrying that fucking Walkman around. <laughs> Again, dude, I was one of the people that was against iPods when it first started. I was, I was, oh, I, I was serious. Too. I was like, no, fuck that. CD players yeah. is the way to go, man. That's the best sound <laughs> you're ever going to get. It's fucking CD players. As like, I'm wearing trip pants and I have one side filled with like five CD cases and the other big pocket actually has my CD with bat- backup batteries. And I'm like, yeah, this is a great way to live. This is super seamless. <laughs> Dude, when I went to Japan, fucking like everyone looked at me like I was ridiculous because I was on the plane going through all my CDs finding which one to look for while everyone else is on their fucking mp3 players and shit and i'm like yeah i'm gonna listen to this album now (laughs) well thanks to the pandemic we can relive those days yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and also uh, uh, and another thing that i kind of realized that when i thought about it was one of the other cons of having a cd player even if you had that digital cd player where you could select the track um, mm-hmm. Is that if you did it, if you went back a track too much or too forward too much, you could end up scratching the disc. Oh, and yeah. so, like, I, I just, I really had a lot of gusto with standing by the CD player from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, and it was like a status symbol too, like when you got it and how new it was and like what kind of headphones you had and all that. Oh, mm-hmm. the other thing was if you got the non-skip CD player, so you oh, could actually yeah. around with it. Thing. Yeah, because I had yeah. one of the originals, and that that thing sucked. 
Yeah, mine did Every too. time it's just like scam. Had to have it like on a flat surface. It couldn't oh, yeah. tilt whatsoever. And you're like, it's good now. And then like, so you leave it next to your arm where you're like doing your homework and then you go grab your drink afterwards and you bump it for half a second and it skips the whole song. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> so so we, we are going to talk about this. Sorry, go ahead. Trying to keep the CDs clean was, like, impossible. It was, like, the old days of, like, blowing into the cartridge where you're, like, just for the love of God, don't have any dust on yeah. this thing. Uh, <laughs> no, not on the laser. Not the laser. Right? And see, like, that's... that. So, Because we are going to talk about the zombie game. But <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> we're, we're, we are on... We are, we are, because, but I want to bring this up. So recently I saw, and I, and I hope it's just a joke and it's just trolling because it's not, I'm going to start crying a little bit, but I, there was a tweet going around of somebody who actually did not know what burning a CD was. Yes, and that brought yeah. me back to yeah. like, that, like that was... those, those weekend afternoons or even when you'd come home after school and you would like have to make your own hot track CD list, like, and the, <laughs> the ability and giving your computer uncurable aids just to find you know a song <laughs> yeah. to burn on the cd like right. there was a real struggle that a lot of kids are never gonna have to deal with that well, we had to deal with it was funny the the gen x reply to that tweet was it's what uh it's what tiktok's gonna be in five years so, <laughs> yeah, right. i mean it's like don't worry kids You'll get made fun of too, you little whippersnappers. <laughs> a Spotify playlist is not the same level of angst. No, but uh, there's like, uh, there's like, there's not the same feeling of giving your best friend or your like your crush like a CD or a tape that you picked every single song and hunted down and made yeah. and put on that. And like I, it took that's, hours. And I love that movie. That movie, uh, Hostility. When they just talked about the mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, oh, it was such a good feeling. It, yeah. it, it almost was like doing a drug deal, too. Like, because if you, right? if the, cause some people knew where to go to get the best music, knew what sites to get. And oh, yeah. if you, and they would not tell you, they, they would not tell you where to go. Like, my sister was one of those people, and she would never tell me where she goes to do it. So I'd always bug her. I'd be like, hey, Trivium's coming out with like another album. Do you do you want to? Can I get? Can you find me some of the songs? She's like, I'll see if I'm busy. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trade favors. Yeah, I'm just like, please, I gotta get the new single. Like, I gotta check it out. Please, <laughs> I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it was such a golden time in itself. Uh, I'm gonna if I had a time machine, I'd go back and be like, appreciate this struggle now. <laughs> appreciate it now okay um i digress enough about cds enough about cd players enough about making how old we are very known to the public <laughs> <laughs> um, i remember when nickelodeon tapes were orange <laughs> oh god okay you know we're not even talking we're not even gonna talk about the zombie game well, or for we're just gonna talk about <laughs> <90s> <laughs> to sell it oh dang i i remember eight tracks <laughs> Laser disc. <laughs> Digimon, you all remember Digimon? Right. <laughs> but moving on. Or Neopets. Neopets. Oh my god. Oh god. That's a whole thing in itself. Right. Neopets was crack. <laughs> <laughs> 
People don't get okay. I'm about to start talking about Neopets. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. So, Emily and Dan, last time you guys came on, we didn't talk about 90s nostalgia, sadly. I'm glad we <laughs> yeah. are getting that one right now. But you did come on to talk about this graphic novel you were making. Absolutely. Excuse me. Um, called the Zombie Game. Can you update us on what the Zombie Game is and where you're currently at? Um. Yes, and Emily will tell you all the things because <laughs> she's so much more like uh, she I has got things, the best words. Yeah, she well, she also like writes things down and knows where things are. So she's, I'm gonna let her she's, talk. She's eloquent about. and prepared. That's right. well, I, over prepared. Yeah, say. and I and I'm not so much. So uh, <laughs> you're so humble, and I'm not. <laughs> I wrote That's the okay. thing, but I don't know where it's at, and uh, <laughs> what's happening most of the time, right? So, in case you forget, loving husband. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> our Kickstarter begins uh, March thirtieth. Yeah. So yeah, the book is finished. We yeah, are we done. are finished. It's oh, done. Yeah. And wicked, wicked exciting. Yeah. It, it, we're so we're so excited to get it in people's hands because we're gonna have a whole bunch of like crazy extras for our Kickstarter. Yeah. We're gonna have all sorts of prints. She wrote. She drew an entire like uh, coloring book. While this whole process has been going on, so we're we got that going. It's a it's a horror uh, coloring book based upon the dogs like version of what's happening in the actual graphic novel. It's yeah we we cool. it's been a long process, so we've had a lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, the art's awesome. Yeah, we're really psyched. And we even have a bunch of secret tiers, mm. which uh, only get revealed once we hit some of our goals. Yes. <laughs> Gotta hit some goals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we have some special, like, early bird rewards. Uh, there might be Nicolas Cage involved mm. <laughs> uh, in, in a horror capacity. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, but He'll do anything for a hundred dollars. That's no, I'm just right. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> He's on cameo, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we start March thirtieth. Yeah. Uh, waiting for all your stimmy money. Come yeah. come bring it to us. I don't know if anyone's gotten checks yet. We haven't. We're, yeah. We're too poor for that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just yeah. as so. Last time you came on the show, you talked about your art as well, and this artist that you got on. Yeah. Uh, to to create it and just want to say that you're you've done a really good job of posting a lot of this on instagram and just a lot of this art is very stunning and very eye-catching and uh I, I do want to come back to it but uh, uh just for our new listeners can you tell them what the zombie game is about absolutely our full-length graphic novel is all about a group of college students who go to an end-of-the-year party only to find themselves Hunted by the rich in a live-action zombie apocalypse video game. Patow, patow, patow. <laughs> so it's like the sound effects if... that we don't have a board for. That's right. Right for truth, for truth. Like if you are a horror movie fan, yeah. Just think of this like a movie where you get to fill in. The frames with your imagination. So if you've never picked up a comic book before, it's really just a movie 
where your imagination gets to fill in all the gory stuff on top of all the gory stuff we actually have in there. Yeah, and and also the fact that we, uh, the 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 love of horror movies and and zombie movies are, are really felt in this too. Is that um, there's different levels. So a lot of zombie things, it's you know one thing happens and you're on a plantation or you're on a um, you're 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 in a, a certain place or on a farmhouse or whatever. And but this is much more along the lines of, uh, you know, like somebody making this happen. So there's different places and different types of zombies. And so you're not just stuck. And there's a lot of um, care and and and, and uh, specifics about it. And it's really it's really pretty cool. So the first level is, you know, like the CDC and the second level is, uh, you know, a farmhouse. And the third level is like um uh, a mall and so each place has a different texture and a color and a, and a vibe and a feel and a zombie so it's not just you know just the kind of one-off thing and, and it, you know with all zo great zombie movies the true like evil is the other people and so we wanted to amplify that and i think we did a good job yeah and uh we're we're excited to get started. We're just so happy that it's done. Yeah, <laughs> like it, 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 our artist is amazing. Not the fastest guy, but like absolutely amazing. <laughs> and so we've we've been like this project has been going on for quite some time, and we're just and I'm proud of it. I'm just so proud of it to get it into people's hands so that they have like a tangible thing, kind of like a CD, right? Like a tangible yeah. book. Like we made a book and it's beautiful and it's awesome. And so just to like people to have that and hold those things, it's just such a, um, it's just a different experience. So, I mean, it's, it's what we, it's kind of like the theme for this month of just putting in your dues, trusting the process and putting in the work and eventually you will make something out of it and something will come from it. And it's just awesome to hear you both so excited. And it sounds like you have a little of a bit of a humble tone to it too. But um, that in mind, I mean, just the excitement that we hear, that me and Cody hearing both of me, I think I can speak for both of us when we say is, is very intoxicating. I mean, um, we're going <laughs> yeah. one. We are glad that, can I get some that? We, <laughs> we can't wait oh, to get our copies. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah, we're, we're really excited to. I mean, we're super psyched to to send them out. Yeah. Um. I don't like it. It's so amazing. Like sometimes you. I, I had a vision in my head, right? Because like when I was young, Fright Night was really this this scary thing, and so my I was like, yeah, I want to I want to cover like Fright Night. So if you look at the color. The, the cover has nothing to do with Fright Night at all. It's not even the <laughs> color tones, palette, or anything, but it's freaking awesome. And so, like, like letting things go and then it, it, it being better than you expected it to be. And it's, you know, we're just, we're just psyched. Yeah, and there's an actual story. Yeah, well. Uh, so you get you <laughs> zombies and, you know, you get you get a little bit of story and uh, maybe some themes even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not to get too fancy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a good time. It's a good read. Hell yeah! You, you, I'm again, excited. You're both so humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, uh, the, what I think it's really cool about it is that the zombie landscape of horror. I, I mean, 
just to be candid about it, has been very much milked to what some could say dry to a point. I mean, yeah. obviously, one of the biggest is is The Walking Dead by Robert Kirkman. Yeah. The show is now finally wrapping up to kind of a not a lot of praise. I mean, a lot a lot of the original fans, you know, walked off from it. But yeah. I, too I, long. I left about season five or six. Yeah. Like it was like the first couple. Like I, I like the first season was amazing. Yeah, but I, I after. I think it was Negan. I was just done. But sorry, yeah. sorry. No, that's what t- I left too. Like I, I left, I left right after Negan got introduced, and I was like, and the thing that sucked for me is I was super excited because I thought that was perfect casting. Yeah. yeah. But Jeffrey then Dean I was Morgan, just, yep. yeah, and I was just like, fuck yeah! And then for whatever reason, just after like the first two episodes of that season, I was just like, eh. Well, it, it, it's because that he was trying to be like the Joker, or at least that's kind of how they f- felt like they, they, they did it. And it, and he's too cool to be the Joker, like yeah. as a person. And so it felt awkward, and he didn't have the chaos that was necessary. And I was just like, and they're trying to force like a two or three episodes into an entire season now. And it got so predictable in that way. Mm-hmm. Like you're just like this is another filler episode, okay? Yeah. Just, just, so bloated. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We don't we don't I need to see them. all that, and and like there's only so many storylines in the apocalypse, right? And eventually, all you can do is just cycle people in and out. Well, and this is the other thing about even going into that genre is because it is so like it, it's so saturated with just stuff. Like, you know, it's, I think yeah. they have the, the zombie Nazi zombies and it's just, it's just, you know, whatever zombie and, and, and people are running even around romance and, zombies now. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, like just to even attempt to go into that, you know, genre, it's like, you have to have something, or at least I felt like I had to have something new and something to say with it. Yeah. And that's why like people are really interested in it because it is different. Um, you know, it is a little different. It's like, oh, uh, it's not a, 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 you know, the stupid uh, apocalypse. It's not, you know, a virus. It's not this. It's it's centralized, and somebody's doing this, and there's a saw element to it, and mm-hmm. who would be doing this, and why, and what's the, you know, and and all those things come into play because, you know, um, uh, you know, zombies are, zombies aren't evil. Zombies are zombies. It's the mm-hmm. it's the people that are evil. You know, um, well, we got to explore a great cast of characters too, like that yeah. we we took from our life and our experiences. Like, we find that like they're a group of outcasts that really get to use uh, their faults as the thing that you know helps them try to survive the game. Yeah, and maybe they make it, and maybe they don't. Um, but it. It, we wanted to like have that sense that like you knew these people who were kind of messed up and like used by society, and that's why like our main character is a veteran, and like um, there's a pre med student with a tiger mom, and a washed up uh, football player who's busted his knee. Yeah, it's just I tried to like layer more like some social commentary in there about like. Because, you know, everything's just, oh, this is the jock and the this. And we have these specific, you know, tropes and and, and people that we throw in these. But I, I wanted to really make them human and, and give them three dimensions. And I think we did a really good job of that coming across. And so, you know, looking at it, 
in in a in a very saturated marketplace it was it, I, I only went into it thinking that i could do something somewhat unique um and because i i brought in themes and elements from you know that aren't normally there or are only there in the good stuff. And mm -hmm. that's the thing that I wanted to be a part of is like, I didn't want to go into a genre if I couldn't add anything. Um, so there. Yeah, no, that's great. And I like the whole idea of the, the way you said the whole saw aspect of the, of the zombie thing yeah. where like, you know, you, like you said, it's the humans doing this cause zombies are just zombies. And like, that makes me all excited of like, oh shit, like it's, you know, the, the traps and whatnot, just yeah. sprinkled zombies in there. Like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, you know, because I, I think Chris Rock said it, you know, it's like a, a tiger doesn't go crazy. A tiger goes tiger, you know, mm -hmm. a person goes crazy. And I wanted to play with that. It's like zombies are never really the true evil in any zombie movie. It's always the other people that they're dealing with and their fears and their, you know, what they're doing. And, and to, so then to play with that was really fun. Cool. So then um, what I want to ask you then, because now since like zombies have obviously become so mainstream yeah. um, and, and, you know, everybody's experienced it you know whether it was the most common with being the walking dead or mm -hmm. even just kind of even on smaller scale with other zombie projects out there um mm -hmm. how did you incorporate not not just how did you incorporate but without giving too much away how did you take on the human aspect of it i mean everybody's aware now that the most thing that you can fear in a zombie apocalypse isn't just the zombies but your fellow man and right. with that being a prevalent theme how did you feel it for your book well, so basically, I took that and then I amplified it, right? So, um, if you're if you're worried about the people, um, because I I because of the way I kind of created the game or kind of created the zombies in themselves, so it's it's done by a drug. It's not done by um, it's not done by like a virus or whatnot. So this thing is controlled and and manipulated by an individual so that person is kind of like the overseer like the game master mm -hmm. and then you had the people that are actually playing the game that are people that are paying to participate in this so those guys are like the like the soldiers through this right and then you have the our heroes who are just people at the party who don't get in don't have a reaction to the drug so then so there's there's multi levels of it as opposed to like kind of like you know saw or those kinds of things where there's somebody's like a puppet master so you have the bad guys who are like the game uh, and and then you have the heroes and the heroes don't know that there are gamers and so you have this kind of like um, give and take so I, I added another level on that evil part and allowed those people to be like just evil from the start as opposed to it's just like oh we're escape we're, we're frightened to be able to survive so we're going to throw this person in front well we've seen that so much right we know that we know that guy is going to close the door so they can't come in and it's a you know in train to busan we know that's going to happen because we've seen it so many times but then just take that layer of like worry away and then just let that it's like they know they're playing so they can shut the door and then they can open it if they want and you don't have to be worried about that you can be going okay how are they going to get to the next thing what's the next thing and so like you're trying to solve the puzzles or trying to get 
to the next thing. And and so I I I, I turned that anticipation of those you know tropes and I turned that into more of uh, of of the situation of the game. And so I think that that's what turns it a little bit is that some of those things that you need to um that you're just kind of used to seeing because that's the normal human reaction don't have to be there we can move on i think we also really tried to write dimensional characters as well like you you get to know them in kind of the quiet times which is what movies do well like mm-hmm. that there's a purpose to the times when they're not fighting zombies is because you want to learn about who these people are you want to care about them and of, of course we have a dog <laughs> who uh, <laughs> hopefully you very much care about yeah. at the end who who we built into kind of being like basically the pinnacle of the book too so we we hope that you care about them because you know them or you know someone like them or yeah. you're, they're your brother or your sister or your best friend or something like that. Like these these people are as as real as we could write them. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, is it, I mean, I don't Did want that to question i know it was like <laughs> you probably zoned out there for a little bit it's like oh, oh no no talking. why does he talk he's talking more I'm, I'm glad you're addressing on it because so a lot of things that uh, our listeners don't know about with right now with recording is that so and we've had to do this with every recent episode even this one so me and cody leave like a moment of silence on like a three to five second even for each other because of like audio latency so uh. yeah so, no, you had our attention You're the good. entire time. We just, <laughs> we just choose to wait a moment because we don't want to accidentally start talking and then accidentally overlap someone else. So <laughs> Yeah, so we will be awkward at moments. <laughs> Great. So are More we. Than yeah. more. <laughs> just naturally, but, not the latency. Yeah, so we're dating. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like our first date. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you, how's your mother been? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You don't worry, Jen. She doesn't phone. know what that is either. They just swipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I got I got I got lucky enough that I was able to to get married before having to resort to Tinder because I, knowing me and my ADHD and my impulsiveness, I would just like swipe until my fingers are bloodied red. Um, <laughs> because it wouldn't even God, just be so swiping on people. It would it would just be swiping, honestly. It's just for it would just be because it's great for it to be distracted with, like just yeah. swiping. So Doom swiping, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, they do it in Pokemon Go with special attacks that. Sw- <laughs> yeah, right. Bring it, bring it back to it. Um, what I I think what we love about not just the zombie game but but about you emily and dan is that you didn't just want to make just a zombie book just to have a zombie book you wanted to make your zombie story you wanted to make your own take on it your own version of it and i not saying that you know not other people have done that or if we're going to still compare it to robert cookman in a sense that he didn't do it but I love the fact that you are taking it on and you've made this thing happen and zombie game is out now and it is your own little, it's your own little baby, you know, it is your own project and you've been able to make it come to life. And I, and I, and I know that I'm still kind of speaking, speaking a little general and overall, but it's just the absolute want and passion 
that you've had for this project. The fact that you, you know, COVID did happen, you know, 2020 was a wash of a year and it would have made sense if you guys came out and said, Hey, we're delaying this till later in 2021, 2022. You know, I, I think people would have understood that, but you still saw what the world was doing. You still saw what was being thrown your way. And you said, fuck that. We're making this book. We're getting this done and we're going to come out with it. And just for being independent, in a sense, independent publishers yourselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah. before we move on, last thing I want to ask is, what is the one hurdle that you both had to learn how to come together on to overcome that you're willing to share on the show? Well, I don't uh, know. I have no idea what she's going to say, so this should be interesting. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I think through this process, we, uh, uh, well, uh, honestly, like the book, you know, pretty much partially saved us as humans through through 2020. Yeah. Um, you know, having having something to focus on and feeling like we were making progress was was a huge part of of staying sane. Um, but I think one of one of the biggest hurdles that we overcame, and sorry, this is probably like mushy, but like uh, Dan and I don't write together. No. Ever. Oh no. Uh, so no. we uh, we had to really learn how to like work with each other on this this project because um you know he 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 develops uh, his stories in quite quite a different way um that hopefully i i compliment but um when it came time to actually like turn this into a comic book script you know it was like uh you can't be anywhere near me dan please go away (laughs) You you have written the story and like yeah. we do not write together. Yeah. Um. So you know we we had to make sure that we stayed married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I think that on my end it was um, there was two, but the the first one was like I I wrote it as like a script for a like a film and she was like this would be an amazing graphic novel and so she had to adapt it. And I didn't understand. It's like, look, all it is is a pan to this. And it's like, and she goes, you don't understand. That's three panels and a page has six, you stupid fuck. And I was like, no. (laughs) And I would be like, but oh, this is a really simple, you just need to do this. And she's like, that's four panels, you stupid fuck. And so... It kept happening. He he would have had like a three thousand page. Yeah, book. it was. Just, we we would have been bankrupt at this. And, point. and I'm like, what about Megan's backstory? She's like, we don't have enough room in this thing. <laughs> and I was like, ah. And so I think that I had to like come to that and understand what what she was like because she had to adapt it. And I think that that was like an amazing thing. And then the same kind of concept happened. But I, at least I was more prepared for it with the artist because we would give the artist. The, the stuff and then the artist would come back and I'd be like but that's not what I thought and she'd be like but it's the panels and I'm like but I thought it would be this and she's like well suck it and I'm like ah well I, I think I believe I said <laughs> is it is it good yeah right because that's that's the ultimate <laughs> and, test and, and so like like allowing like an, an interpretation kind of like that what I was talking about earlier with the um like the fright night and the the and the cover and everything it's like allowing somebody else's interpretation of your work to be like manipulated in the way that they see it and it turned out way better than it would have been 
like if I tried to micromanage it. Like so, Emily brought so much and experience about like adaptation and like and and, and being Pablo able brought and so Pablo much. brought and so and even our, and and Lucas our letter our letterer like created these like like what is it. Uh, like, sound effects yeah, no yeah, yeah like these some, layers something. some yeah, weird layer thing that she knows <laughs> like uh they're but um but yeah so this is why i don't talk a lot because i the, the, the gerbil is not running but you, you're um, okay you're okay yeah but so she, like the amount of like the collaboration that came from it and after it's done it's just like damn that's odd like that's it's so like each piece like was almost a little bit of a and so it started with like the adaptation but like by the end i'm like yeah it's freaking awesome so like letting go of a little bit of that um like like I, you know i hate to they call it killing babies right it's like maybe that's not politically correct enough nowadays maybe it's killing ideas or whatever so it's just like little things that i loved in the original that just couldn't be filled or couldn't it didn't really they weren't needed, and so those little bits of, like, trimming it down just made it so much better. Well, and Pablo inspired a bunch of different ideas. Oh, like, God. when we actually got it in, in our hands, like, we actually rearranged the whole last chapter. Yeah. Because it it is so different even having it on the page versus, like, as in the written form versus seeing like how the artwork flows and how you're trying to tell a story and all the best bands and all the best artists like come together in a collaborative way so we learned a lot from pablo and from each other to to get this done yeah nice that's awesome i I like how I like how candid you are about each other. Emily, you need to be far more <laughs> nice to Dan. That was that, that's, how could you be so mean to him? He's trying his best. Uh, that's my right. <laughs> you know, I, I, to be fair, Dan, you did sign up for it, I guess. Oh, yeah. dude, dude, dude. The benefits are far better. <laughs> she could yell at me, whatever. Everything else is great. <laughs> That's just my self-esteem, whatever. I don't need that. <laughs> Who needs self-esteem when you're married? Am I right? <laughs> I'm going to go cry. <laughs> yeah, beat that out of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was gone way before her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, not a lot of people get to hear about uh, couples that work together. So I'm glad that you, you touched on it a bit, a little bit. I mean, I can imagine how stressful that still can be, though. I mean, because... You have one mentality when you're working, you know, as an artist and you're creating something in general. Um, and then when you're doing that with somebody that you do love and that you share that bond with, there is also a different mentality there as well. You know, well, the whole he's a really great writer. Well, so. and and also it's like you have to like when we tried to do it the first time, like actually write together, it was an abject disaster. So we kind of made that. It's like, what's the job? Am right. I, what's my job and what you, are you writing it and then I'll give you notes it's like and we had to separate that mm-hmm. because if you didn't give like uh, because the, the, the you know it's like somebody who has to write it all down and, and create the song that way while somebody's just noodling and, and goofing around and then it's a song and I'm the I'm kind of the noodler I just kind of like I'm, uh, until it's done and she like Writing you know, all the lyrics. She's writing all the lyrics and all that, and it's like in what key and all and I'm just noodling. And and so so 
but she edits me and I edit her and the, how we kind of do that is really good. But, uh, we had to separate that. And so it's like, she's like, do you want to do this? Do you want it? It's like, it's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. So I was like, okay, okay. I'm in charge of this part. And having that separation kind of allowed us not to like, cause I think if this was our first project, we would have like, it would have, it would have been more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it still sounds like you both did the right thing, and you navigated these these interesting waters together, and and, and came out on top of it just fine. So, bravo to both of you. I, I hope that if we have any other listeners that are also tuning in who have a partner that they want to get into something with, take look at Emily, look at Dan, and and take them as an example of how to do it right. <laughs> or, or, or as long as if you want to stay together. Uh, <laughs> Just, yes. just separate just separate you have to like you know are who's doing what and, and be, that's and yeah and be kind yeah like we're all we're doing our best like mm-hmm. ultimately mm-hmm. we both wanted the best for the project and we yeah. we could recognize that like the suggestions weren't personal like we're not it's not that it's that we're we're trying to get the best thing out of it and sometimes it was my idea, sometimes it was his idea, sometimes it was Pablo's idea. But yeah. to be open and not precious because the collaboration is where the magic happens. Yeah. You 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 can always Aww. do like something really great as an individual, but when um you know, when there's multiple like if when there's symbiosis on an on on something, that's usually can can be really great, and I think that that's where I don't, I don't know if we got that or, or you know I would be humbling in that way, but it's you know at least we didn't suck. Yeah, it did, it's like you know <laughs> it's it's definitely like it can be better or you know uh, you know and so if I had drew this, which you do not want to see how I draw, but like it would have been very simple and 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 not very good because I wouldn't have done a lot of things and so all of the extra pieces on it just made it so much better well Dan and Emily thank you so much for sharing so much about not just kind of what personally went into this but all about the zombie game um, before we move on where could everyone go to get their own copy of the zombie game and also support you and what you're doing yeah absolutely so you can find us at The Zombie Game on Instagram and on Facebook. Our Kickstarter launches March 30th. And uh, you can search on Kickstarter, uh, The Zombie Game, which I had to make it super simple. It's all <laughs> the same thing. Um, or you can, if you uh, follow us on Instagram, all our links are up there as well. Yeah, what she said, I have no idea where anything is. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you still there, dude? I was like, you went quiet. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. I was I, like, I, I, oh, I, I hit you <laughs> for a moment because I was, I, was, I was about to burp, and I didn't want to burp while you were talking. <laughs> so I you and, I thought I, and I thought I unmuted myself. I apologize. That's my oh, mistake. No, <laughs> just burp on the podcast. This is punk rock. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. You've been, you were well, really it's not my fans that it's not a real episode unless you do it. That's right. <laughs> true that is true uh <laughs> next time i will be as rude as possible and just make the laugh <laughs> like it's wet and everything um <laughs> just hear every the rest of us just go quiet and go 
dude. <laughs> Too far. Um, so, again, <laughs> what I was saying is Ghoul's Cows Cream sent me into like, please check out the zombie game on Instagram. Go sign up for their Kickstarter and keep an eye out for your own graphic novel of the zombie game. Make sure you get those orders in. Support them. We know you're amazing amazing listeners you're amazing supporters of the show and we know you're fantastic supporters of the horror with that being said though i think we can also now move on to our horror game yes it's time to play so without giving away of who we're talking about today and the subject of it all the game and how it's going to stay in theme with it is so we've been talking about circulars for a moment now obviously you know we talked about the cannibals definitely the cannibal ones um Uh you know y'all all all you amazing listeners have just been eating it all up pun intended (laughs) (laughs) so 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 there's only so many games though that we can make about serial killers without getting somebody in a watch list so (laughs) that in mind I devised this game in in light of the of today's theme, y'all. If if you were a serial killer, I'm not asking you who you would want to kill and what your what type of people you'd want to kill because I'm telling you the type of people you would want to kill. You're a serial killer that wants to hunt other serial killers. Yes. So the name of the game is: If you're a serial killer, what serial killer would you want to hunt down and kill yourself? So to keep with the example for our listeners' sake, fact I or sh- fiction, both. fact or fiction, alive or dead, um, I chose John Wayne Gacy, and I chose to lure him and drop his guard by, you know, going working with his mo. I'm going to go work for John Wayne Gacy. You know, maybe wear a little tight of a shirt one day, and it's Woo! a little extra sweaty, <laughs> and you know. And he and he's he's like Matt, pick up that shovel, and I'm like, you know what? This right here, this heavy shovel that I have to bend all the way to the ground to pick up this one right here. Oh, I hope you don't watch my back arch. Ooh, it's so heavy. And then he's just not paying attention, like this shovel, this one that's so heavy, and then just like <laughs> just like wail in on him. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that'd be amazing. Nice. <laughs> That's my example. Uh, Dan, <laughs> Emily, or Cody. Who would ever want to take it first? What type of serial killer would you be? Or at least, who would you hunt down? And how oh, would you do Cody, it? Cody, please. Cody, we want to hear yours. Okay, so I, I had one for fact and one for fiction, but I'm going to go with my, my real guy. Um, so I decided to go after Richard Ramirez. You guys can keep Richard Ramirez. I go with the other one then. Oh, no, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Such a divisive topic already. <laughs> Look, all right, well. No, no, I feel bad. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna go with the other one now. <laughs> I changed my mind. So now I'll go with my fictional guy. Is that I was gonna be uh, Michael Myers. Oh. And yeah. so with Michael Myers, I would want to have a stock. I'd be having a stock off with him, so mm-hmm. I don't feel like every time he'd pop up, like trying to do the whole creepy, like I'm in the background boogeyman stuff, like he does to Jamie Lee Curtis. I want to be doing it to him. So, like, when she looks out the window and sees him, like, you know, staring up at her, I want to be, like, 
behind the fence staring at him and he's just like turning what the fuck (laughs) you know go through that entire thing where like i'm stalking him the entire time and right before i like i end michael like before i get my killing blow on him i'm gonna whisper in his ear beam me up scotty <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever seen a short film called Night of the Slasher? Oh my god. I know what you're talking about. And it was like well, I I came across it one day on YouTube. Like and I think I was probably at work at the time and I watched it the once, but I, I'm aware of what you're talking about, but it's been a moment. To yeah, be fair. it, it- it's a great. I I know the guy that that made it. He used to come to the comic book dinners I ran in L.A. Um, and he made an amazing short film that is is basically the final girl like getting her revenge. And uh, I I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but as as you just said, like you can see it on YouTube. It's called The Night of the Slasher. It's only 11 minutes. It's well worth the watch. It's been uh, in a bunch of like film festivals and stuff. If you're a horror fan, you'll love it. Cool. Watch it now. Do it now. Do it now. Yeah. Well, stop after you listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. After this episode. Then go listen. Then go watch that. <laughs> Well, then obviously Dan um, has to go, then. I have to go now? I'm gonna, yeah. okay. Now you so, got to talk about Richard Ramirez. My, oh, no, my, oh. no. No, no. Uh, so I had a couple, um, like, now I want to go, now I want to go meta and go into, like, Freddy's dreams and fuck with <laughs> the Freddy's dreams kind of situation. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can totally fuck Freddy up in his <laughs> dreams, and he's, like, scared about me, and that'd be kind of <laughs> Just trust him around. You can run, but you can't hide, bitch. <laughs> That'd be so awesome. And uh, I got I got knives on my toes. Instead, like, why is that? It's scary to me. It's like, yeah, man. It's like chicken. This- I got your shins. <laughs> I'm gonna cut your Achilles tendon. Now you can't get away. Uh. Um, but I, I. So the real, the first one uh, was. Um, uh, Oh God! What's his name? Did that you just forget? I totally farted out. <laughs> uh, you were so excited Richard, too. Uh, uh, Richard Ramirez. No Manson. I the first one was Manson. Oh, oh, I was oh. like, dude, it would be so cool to be in the '60s and go to that ranch and have sex with all those people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know. And then I was like, because they don't wash themselves and all that kind of stuff. And then you know, I just I just have sex with a bunch of them, and then then I would kill him while he was eating or something. You but just it wasn't pop as- out. With like a- <laughs> Tell you Helped her scout through this like, man, You know who's a dick? I was like Richard Ramirez. That dude is. I just we just watched a, a thing on the night stalker. The night stalk the the night stalker on um, Netflix, and that guy was an asshole, yeah. and he had no motive. So I was like, how would I find him? It's like I don't know, but I'd like to kill that dude. Hide that dude, in old lady's bedroom. I know. I oh yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just put like mothballs and carry around like a boomer. <laughs> you, you you dress up like dress up like an old lady and just like wait as bait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My entire <laughs> life, just sit there and wait for him, and uh, it'd be a very that'd be a very long, boring Movie. sitcom. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm a golden girl just sitting there by herself. <laughs> See, I would I would booby trap my house like fucking Home Alone or The Collector. <laughs> Like, because uh, yeah. he was known for like crawling through the windows, window, so I would yeah, like, 
you know, I would like have a board that was a pre over a pressure plate to where oh. the board that I was covering the pressure plate had nails out and then also gorilla glue. So when he would step on it, he'd get stuck yeah. and then the pressure plate would go down and a fucking axe would just swing and whack. And my argument for it, like, cause I know like the police would be like, well, we got to take it. And like, so how would you say this is self-defense? I'm like, well, this obviously wouldn't have gone off if that motherfucker didn't jump through my window. <laughs> so, <laughs> i.e. Am I right dead. or am I right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, I, I mean, I feel like mine now is not, not as fun because I was going to go with, like, the Zodiac Killer because everyone wants to find the one they didn't catch, right? I mean... Yeah. We, we, it was all his kills, and it was, it's all, like, the same era. Like, what the hell was in the water? Well, and, like, no, it's just that it couldn't get caught, man. It was a lot easier to be, like, you know, not caught. Stealthy about <laughs> it, I guess. Oh, and yeah. they had cars, too. They can drive away. So, I, I highly recommend. <laughs> I actually, I highly recommend reading the Mindhunter book. Yeah, even watching the show because they kind of they, they delve into why there there's a lot of actual really good theories about why there were so many serial killers around that time mm -hmm. and part and one of the big parts of it is that like a lot of the serial killers are kids of like vets and military like hardcore military oh, vets yeah. like vietnam vets and stuff like that and so oh. they so they are their dads are coming home and they're being raised in a violent nature just because the their dads are suffering from ptsd not getting the help they need and it's just like passing it down so turn these people into like almost like animalistic soldiers but there's no war yeah Wow. Like that's, that's that's one kind of thing. Very sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's no, no, awesome. Yeah. I love to. I'd love to read that because I mean they they did a whole like podcast on the zodiac zodiac killer too that was really good. Um, and it was just it was fascinating. I mean obviously like the Fincher movie as well, but it's fascinating I guess because he didn't get caught and like the letters and I don't know. Ever all of us want to think we're going to solve the puzzle, right? They finally did solve that one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but how would you catch him and kill him? How would I catch him? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, I I personally, like, you have to smother him with that hood. You have to, like, <laughs> strangle him in the hood. Just, like, if you're going to be that, that type of asshole to wear... <laughs> Wear that stuff, then that's how you're getting killed. That's some sort of like karmatic justice. Right there you there. go. I li I like how the three of us essentially had fun with ours, but you're going to like a primal state with yours. Like, no, I'm killing this motherfucker. He's gonna no, suffer. No, no, no. 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 no, I want to. And welcome to our marriage. <laughs> I want to watch the light leave his eyes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> help, send help. <laughs> See, you better buy our book now. <laughs> so really, so really, those boundaries you guys were talking about originally weren't boundaries. It was, it was Dan getting, getting uppity, and then Emily saying, "You know, it looks like your eyes are a little too lively today." <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. You pegged it. Mm -hmm. I see. I see. Here. Well, you got a great woman there. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, for real. Uh, it, <laughs> you, both of you are such a power couple. You're you're lovable to hear about, and just the way you two talk to each other is is very intoxicating as well. There's there's a genuine love there, and and I and I think that's also why we we in a biased way enjoy bringing on the show because it makes us think of how we talk to our loved ones, except for uh, the whole life threatening aspect of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. But let's go ahead and move on. Thank you for playing our yes, horror absolutely. game with us. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful game. Wonderful game. Uh, Cody, who, who, what yes. are we talking about today? All right. So, uh, talking about a serial... So, talking talking about serial killer who hunts serial killers, we actually have a really special uh, serial killer that we're talking about today. And I actually think... So, it's one of the few times where I'm actually in the corner of the serial killer... <laughs> and I'll, I'll uh, go, maybe not with the brutality of some things, but you'll I'll, you'll see. So uh, we are actually talking about the real life Hannibal the Cannibal, Robert Maudsley. So this guy is it's it's a heartbreaking story <laughs> too. But so uh, Mr. Hannibal the Cannibal, um, his early life. He was born June 26, 1953, in Toxteth, Liverpool, United Kingdom, and he is one of twelve children. Um, when Robert was six months old, he was taken to an orphanage in, uh, with his two older brothers, and it wasn't until about eight years old, uh, eight years later, when he was around eight years old, um, his parents, his biological parents came back to the orphanage to pick him up. And like the thing that's super shitty about that too, is they literally had no contact with them whatsoever. Like these parents didn't give a fuck about these three kids until a family actually approached the, or uh, uh, was interested in adopting one of the older brothers. Mm. And then their parents were like, oh, hell no. And they came back and picked him up. Uh, and so, ugh. yeah. And so that's, and it got, gets worse from there. So they suffer uh, all the children, especially Robert. For some reason, Robert was their favorite. Uh, they all, uh, suffered severe abuse and uh robert would go on to uh talk about some of this abuse to uh someone who is like his only friend it was a therapist i uh i only heard about it heard his name once and i forgot to write it down so i i apologize but he actually had a therapist later on in life that did uh worked great roads with this guy um mm -hmm. strides and like progression mm -hmm. and he ended up telling him uh, that his father locked him in a room for six months straight and would only come into the room to beat him around four to six times a day. And like that's the only interaction he had with him for six months. And he would use sticks and rods. And one of the big, uh, one of the ones that really stuck out to him is that his dad actually broke the bust of a 22 air rifle off his back. Cool. Yeah. And so after about 12 months of this, so he dealt with all this crap for about a year. Robert was finally taken away and put into foster care. But it, like, it was only Robert out of the, all those kids. Like, they only took one. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, he did get the brunt of it all. But, like, still, you know, yeah. they should have taken them all. Um, 
at that point and uh, just deliver uh, suffering from all that abuse, uh, Robert at the age of 16 fled to London and that uh, around this time he developed a drug habit and a, a severe drug addiction and he to, and at this time it's in the late 1960s UK and 1960s anywhere when you have a drug addiction you tend to be turned to prostitution to fund your addiction and mm-hmm. so he would uh he turned to prostitution for that and so for several years this is kind of, that was kind of his life um and then he actually ended up having two major psychological breakdowns during this time and he attempted suicide on both times and failed um on and he failed on both accounts and he actually got a little help like they the state kind of forced him to go get mental help at, at that point um and he this is where he started like showing signs of like there's something more you know something more wrong with this guy he needs help but no one would actually help him because he claimed that he was hearing voices and the voices were telling him to kill his parents cuz he just had so much anger towards them which is fair yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. i wonder why yeah yeah, yeah. And so he would actually claim that if he felt uh, he truly believes that if he uh, followed through with the voices of killing his parents, he actually would have never uh, committed his four uh, the four murders that he uh, he did. Mm. And so, yeah. Um, And so fast forwarding a little bit uh, in to his very first murder. So in 1974, Robert met uh, John Farrell. Spelled differently. Not he's not famous. He doesn't sing. <laughs> um, and so, uh, um, and so, there was one account that said uh, after John approached Robert, like as just a, a boy of the night instead of a lady of the night, a man of the night. Um, uh, he actually wanted more from Robert and wanted to pursue of an actual, of more of an actual relationship. Um, and like, and they said uh, there was one account on that. Others say it just kept staying the more professional relationship between the two, and it kind of went on for a couple months. And so, uh, at after keeping this up for a few months, Pharrell decided that he wanted to spice things up a little bit with Robert and try something new. And so he shows Robert um, a photo of children and nuts. Very good pictures of children. <laughs> so I just, yeah. So and so he claimed that these are children that he had uh, assaulted and everything, and he wanted to do things with uh, our very own Mr. Robert Maudsley. And so at that point, Maudsley freaked the fuck out. He got sick into his core, and he uh, and so much anger boiled up inside because it triggered him. Because he is a, he suffered a lot of sexual abuse as a kid and just a lot of abuse in general and stuff, and it just triggered him. And so he straight up grots this guy. Like he just gets he grots him, stabs him, and just smashes him in the head with a hammer. Damn. And like, yeah, and I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah, fuck side. you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so far I'm on his side too. Exactly. <laughs> and so and then uh so he kills pharrell and just like brutally just massacres this guy and uh robert modsley actually he couldn't handle the guilt of it like he this guy like listen everything i'm researching about him like he wanted help and he wanted to get better so bad like he just wanted help so bad but he just could not get it so 
Yeah, he was. He felt so guilty. He went to the police and like just you know bloodied up and everything. Just walks in there and goes, "Hey, I killed the dude." <laughs> That's yeah, he just goes up to the police, says, I killed the guy, took him to the body and everything, and it was just like, yep, there he is. There's the good <laughs> send me somewhere I need help. <laughs> like, Super dead. There he is. Yeah, basically, yeah, very much. <laughs> like, by the way, he's a pedophile too, so that's why I killed him. Like that's that was the thing. He's he like and they found out all about this like dead pedophile, and they're like and, like, I kind of feel like there was someone in his corner that he didn't know about. Like, I feel like there's this police officer that was like, look, he killed a disgusting human being. Yeah. We can't send this guy to prison. Yeah. And so, because the, the over, like, another thing with Maudsley is he wanted to go to prison because he thought that's where he would get help. And so, I, and, no. <laughs> and so he was actually found unfit to stand trial after all this, and they sent him to the Broadmoor Psychiatric Hospital. And so for a little bit, it kind of worked for him. Um, he, but at but after like a hold on, two seventy four. Okay, sorry, I had to do a little bit of math on years. <laughs> um. So I, uh, for a couple of years, like it, it fit for him a little bit, like it started working because like he was still he was kind of getting help and whatnot. But like it's still the psychiatric wards in the 70s all over the world are not good, weren't great. No, you know, and like they're not really that good now, but <laughs> like they're a lot better than there was it was back then. And that was still fairly new. So like it was basically like mini mini jail. I feel like back then, and so and then, and so Maudsley was actually locked up with a lot of terrible people, and it ended up triggering him at one point when he figured out that he was in uh, that there was a bunch of sex offenders and uh, abusers and stuff like that, and where he was, and so in oh, nineteen 19- seventy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, nineteen seventy-seven, Robert Maudsley consp- uh, got uh, got a buddy. His name was David Cheeseman, and they cons- uh, actually conspired and ended up locking themselves in a room with twenty-six-year-old David Francis, who is a convicted sex offender and a pedophile, uh, serving. I think he he was serving a life sentence uh, for pedophilia. And so, or no, sorry, he was serving five. The next person's a life sentence that I'm going to talk about. But he was serving five years. And so this one was insane. So for nine hours, they tortured this guy. (laughs) And and so what's really, the reason why I kind of laugh is like, so they couldn't really barricade the door, I'm guessing, because how they kept themselves in there for nine hours is anytime a nurse would try to go in, they'd be like, no, I'm going to fucking kill him. Don't you dare. (laughs) like they're like fuck off (laughs) so they tortured this guy for nine hours and they ended up finally killing him and so he this kill is very significant so because this is the one that ended up giving robert his famous nickname hannibal the cannibal or brain eater or this is my favorite spoons 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 that just sounds downright friendly i know like i wouldn't be like yeah i'm gonna get i'm like i'm a serial killer i'm this badass motherfucker and i'm gonna go buy 
spoons. <laughs> <laughs> so but that seems legit. I would be terrified of that dude. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like so if my like a no, well known serial killer was after me and his name name was Spoons, I'd still run. <laughs> well, it's like you know what? I would cut your hot house with a spoon. It's yeah. like why not tonight? It's like it hurt more. <laughs> They're good for eyes scooping. <laughs> like it just reminds me of that old like adult swim short or whatever with the like crazy ghost who just beats this dude to death with a spoon over like ten years. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. So okay, bring it back. So uh, he got this nick. Uh, the reason why he ended up getting this nickname was actually because of how how like how brutal the killing was. And so what happened? Uh, and so the people. Rumors were spread about this murder that he cut the dude's head off and took a scoop of his brain and ate it. Hence, Hannibal the Cannibal. Like, this, the rumors of this kill inspired that scene with Ray Liotta mm-hmm. in Hannibal, mm-hmm. where he's, like, he's taking his brain and eating it and stuff like that. Uh, Hannibal. Like, this, this rumor inspired that scene, and it didn't even fucking happen. So, oh, but actually... Yeah, what actually happened is that uh, a a prison officer who is uh, who witnessed the entire thing. He was there for all nine hours, like the entire like episode thing that happened. And uh, he actually said what happened was that Robert fastened a plastic spoon into a shiv. He broke like chunks off the sides of the spoon wow. into super, and he just shoved it through the dude's ear into his brain. Oh. Yeah, that's how he finished him off. Yeah, that's that's how he finished him off (laughs) in spoons. (laughs) So, and it went from there that when the the um, I can't think of their name, the the people who exhumed dead bodies. Oh, Oh, mortician. Mortician, yeah, uh, mortician. No, the the people who do the autopsies. Oh, not the mortician. Uh, Um, Yeah, but anyway. I'll look it up for you really yeah, quick. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but the guys who, uh, you know, do the, the autopsies and whatnot, it actually might be mortician. But I don't know. Anyways, they said I know that... that it, pulled, I know it's uh, also, like, body examiner. Yeah, so when they pulled uh, the spoon out, they said it looked like brain matter and whatnot, and that's and that's how, it's, how the rumor went from there. <laughs> and so... <laughs> yeah. And so... Uh, A forensic thing, pathologist. There we go. Forensic, yeah. <laughs> forensic, that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh the rumors went from there and so again he I, he actually did this murder also because he's he was asking for help he warned everybody that he was going to kill someone again because he was hearing the voices yeah uh, before this thing and so because he wasn't getting the help he's again he went you know what i need a big fucking spectacle maybe they'll listen to me now and so he convinced this guy that obviously he got known to be a cannibal um even though he didn't eat anybody um and so after uh after this incident he finally gets what he wants uh, Robert Maudsley is sentenced to life in prison at Wakefield Prison. Um, and after a year in prison, where obviously things are a lot worse than they were at the psych ward, be- and he's put in with a bunch of more dangerous people, like uh, murderers, 
and all everything I said before, plus and then some child murderers and all this other stuff. And so Maudsley, uh, again, asking for help because he kept claiming that he's hearing voices again. He needs his tempers coming back. Like he's like asking for help and no one's listening to him. And so he just snaps and finally is like, all right, fine, fuck it. Maybe you, it, this worked two times before. <laughs> <laughs> so on July 29th, 1978, um, Robert Maudsley lured 46-year-old Salni Darwood. He was he this guy is serving life in prison for uh sexually assaulting and killing his wife. So he lures this man into his room. And once he's there, Maudsley uses a makeshift garrot and starts garroting him. Again, he has a makeshift shiv made from a spoon and stabs him repeatedly. Spoons! And then just goes insane and smashes this, head's he- this dude's head into a wall until it's pulp. And oh my so, gosh. <laughs> yeah, after this, he hides, he just like. Hides the spoon. Head. Yep. Hide. No. Keeps the spoon. <laughs> the spoon. This is, this is my, I brought this from home. This is my spoon. <laughs> I made my this. Stickler. This is fine. <laughs> He's like, I made it with my own flesh and tears. Okay. And so he hides his body under a bed. He tries for like a good hour trying to lure more people into his room, not thinking, you know. Some people probably heard this guy getting massacred in his room, you know. (laughs) So he's trying to lure more people because he just needs to keep killing. Like, these voices are still going. And so when that... Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, no, go ahead. I have to imagine that conversation he has. Hey, you want to come hang out later this evening? Uh, I think I'm good, man. I uh, I, don't th- I think I'm going to pass. No, you, you should come. It's cool. I, got, I, I put up a new drape in my cell. Uh, you know <laughs> what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your word for it. And uh, brain check, brain check. Are you sure? It's pretty cool, man. I think you're going to like hanging out with me. Uh, I think, uh, think I'm good. I think I'm collection? good. You want to see my spoon collection? <laughs> like pretty best- shiny spoons. I think you're going to be impressed. <laughs> the best part about that, too, is like everyone in the prison knows what he did. So they know about the spoon. Like the spoons. They know his nickname and everything. And he still managed to get one guy in there. Um, right. It was most likely for drugs. But like, <laughs> like he was like, hey, I got some drugs. You know, spoons are good for making meth. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> and everybody here likes meth, am I right? Yeah. Hey, hey, of course I Of course. Um, <laughs> so after, after a hot minute, like where no one fight he couldn't get anybody to like come back come into his room again um he goes out on the prowl and this is the same day he just murdered a guy he decides to just walks out hides the body under his bed and finds an inmate sleeping in another room and he identifies the the inmate as 56 year old william roberts not robert Roberts. (laughs) Roberts. <laughs> and so this man is a uh he is serving seven years for assaulting a seven-year-old girl. So he's a pedophile. I don't think that's right. He should be serving life, but doesn't matter because Modsley yeah. just he's about stacked. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Modsley's just hanging out on the ceiling like Batman, like like I am justice. <laughs> this is for the kids. Like just fucking throws his spoons like a goddamn <laughs> battering. 
<laughs> Almost tip for tat, like the mystery man with the yeah, forks, but spoons instead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're not that I'm locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And so. And so Modsley kills the man with the spoon and stabs him to death. And then after this, he, and all the voices finally subside. And Maudsley fucking just walks right in the guard's office, covered in blood, holding his spoon, drops the spoon on the table, and fucking says, you're going to be too short for roll call. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be too short for roll call. I'm taking my lunch now. Yeah, he admits to the, admits to everything, like to killing these two people. <laughs> wow, Steve's my fucking hero. <laughs> like, I mean, again, not idolizing serial killers, but in this case, he yeah. he did what the justice system failed to do. <laughs> like, and and so when you hear about like his, uh, after his like killings and everything, he he specifically says like he specifically went out for these people, like not these people exactly, but pedophiles and stuff because that's where his anger was coming from. Yeah, and he's one of the few, and it, he's a case of like one of the few serial killers because most of the time when it comes to serial killers, they it's uh it's in a pain that was inflicted on them. They feel they need to inflict it on someone else. And so what I like with Maudsley is instead of inflicting it on the insane, he was like, Oh, why the fuck would I attack the innocent? I'm going to attack people who, the people who are like the person who attacked me. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That. Like that's how, like in my head, I'm like, yeah, you go Maudsley. That's how it should be. Yeah, <laughs> the fuck out of them. Yeah. It's like, it's a uh, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I just say, my you opinion, know, I, there's only one type of person who shouldn't be alive on this planet, and it's fucking pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's my opinion. Yeah. No, Sorry, I didn't a, yeah. <laughs> We're going to get real now. No. <laughs> oh, shit. She's bringing no. out a spoon, guys. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a dick. Oh, yeah, that's a dick. You scared our dog. Oh, uh, I know. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, sorry. He's, so, he's not that. He's not that yeah. sorry. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> All right. So now this is where, like, this, in my opinion, the story gets sad um, for me. Uh, so in 1983, Maudsley is uh, sent to solitary confinement, where he is still being held to this day. Maudsley is on track to be uh, to set the record for the longest for the longest uh, confinement in solitary ever. Uh, he has not been released. Um, and so he, uh, in his cell, uh, the reason why he sent to, uh, he is pretty much a life sentence in solitary confinement because he is deemed too dangerous to be around other inmates. Uh, he was put into a cell that was fi- that's 5.5 by 4.5 meters. Um, it is contained within a series of bulletproof windows. It's a two, two person cell. So they kind of like took, uh, what was originally like a two person, uh, Two individual cells knocked out the middle wall, and they built this cell specifically for Maudsley. And if you want like an actual like visual representation, it's the literal cell of Hannibal Lecter from uh, *The Silence of the Lambs*. They built the cell exactly like how his Maudsley's would look like. Uh, Yep, and Maudsley's story is actually heavily, heavily inspired 
the story of Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lam- and the story of Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Um, because Maudsley is actually a very smart man. He has an extremely high IQ. Um and everything. It's just he was dealt a terrible hand in life. <laughs> and so yeah. um and one of the things that actually really suck and it's and uh, Modsley is also an extreme cautionary tale of mixing of uh, mixing fact with fiction. And so ever since his time in solitary confinement, like I kind of talked about earlier, he's had this therapist. And so he had this therapist that dedicated pretty much his entire life in in working with Modsley. They set up. Uh, uh, I can't again. I can't remember the therapist's name, and I re- I'm apologize. Um, but they set it up to where. Uh, Maudsley would sit at the far end of his cell, like away from the door on his bed, and the doctor would sit next to the door, but on the bed also, like closest to the cell. And so they would just have talks. And if Maudsley felt like he was ever getting triggered, he would warn the doctor, and the doctor would just leave, and like that would be it for the day. No, no coming back. And so they kept, they kept doing this to where Maudsley finally opened up about things and was comfortable with him and was opening about up about how he was, uh, he specifically chose pedophiles to go after because that's what he went. Uh, that's, that was who damaged him was a pedophile. And he wanted to go after who hurt him. He wanted vengeance instead of to, you know, deal yeah. it. And uh, and so he act. This a therapist actually made uh, great strides with Maudsley to the point where he was actually able to have his own TV. He was able to get a PS2 and had like games and could hang out and like play games in his in his cell. And he actually got to a point where he was able to have in person contact with his family. And his family actually uh, uh, became back into his life. And he did uh, has a good relationship with his nephew. And his nephew actually uh, told a lot of this in a really good documentary that I watched um, on YouTube, and so um, about Modsley. And so what ended up what sucks for Modsley though is that after all these strides, they actually tried. He was try uh, him and his therapist were trying to uh, push for him to be put into a psych ward and taken out of solitary confinement, and it got put all the way up to the royal family, and they just fucking said no. <laughs> they uh, deny yeah. him. He gets denied at every corner, and it got to the point where they even transferred his therapist somewhere else specifically so he could not have anybody. Uh, like the royal family did this after learning all these things. And I think just and this is my like little theory. Um, just because like I love throwing in these shitty little theories that have uh, like make no sense anyways. <laughs> and so it's just like after everything that came out about the royal family and everything just now, I think like they picked him specifically to do this shit too because he killed pedophiles because they're a bunch of dirty assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, you know what? He was doing the right thing. Fuck this guy. And so but yeah, and so uh, the another thing, another thing with the fact and fiction, why I pointed that out is that because of Silence in the Lands, and of how crazy Hannibal Lecter is portrayed in the movies, and how dangerous he actually is, and the fact that he's a cannibal in the movies is another reason why Maudsley keeps getting denied for like and being considered the uh, most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because they're like, you're a cannibal. And I'm just imagining Maudsley standing there every time. I never fucking ate anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spoons. I'm spoons. <laughs> I stabbed him with a spoon. <laughs> you, you use a spoon once and it follows you for the rest of your life. I swear to right? God. Yeah, exactly. That one kind brain with a spoon and it's your fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so right now Maudsley's still serving his time in solitary confinement on his way to be the longest reigning solitary confinement <laughs> prisoner ever um, still considered still to this day considered England's most one of England's most dangerous prisoners even though he hasn't seen a single uh, person individual in decades <laughs> and I mean, uh, that, that shit will drive you crazy yeah. being in solitary that's for sure mm-hmm. oh yeah he's allowed one hour a di- one hour every 24 hours outside <laughs> wow. well and also just uh, I mean he's he can't Sorry, he's not ahead. even allowed to interact with other inmates like he's completely isolated and uh, honestly, uh, I won't even say too recently, but recently, like the idea of solitary confinement for prisoners has been uh, like addressed a bit more, and a lot of questions have been brought up about it, like how effective if it actually is. And there's a lot of places, a lot of prisons that are relooking at their solitary confinement um, rule within the prison, and are starting to rework, you know, if it's even necessary, because there's a lot of people that bring up if it's more of just a torture because again yeah you don't get human interaction um prison itself is supposed to re uh, is supposed to rehabilitate individuals so they can go back into society and be effective members but if you're constantly putting somebody in solitary confinement if they you know mess up or don't follow the rules for example um then you know the question comes is are we just regressing them into bad habits and persisting with encouraging uh bad behaviors and not really helping these people making it so that they uh end up come back to prison after they commit another crime basically yeah i mean i don't i don't think the american prison system is in any way shape or form rehabilitative oh no i don't honestly like except for like i think there's two countries not a single prison system is fucking working whatsoever anywhere in this in this world no like and especially like in the uk and the u.s because we have similar styles of prison systems yeah i think there's Uh, like like, uh, something in in like denmark or like one of those those countries where they denmark new zealand you know heaven something weird (laughs) yeah where they have a lot of money and they're, they're, it's clean. Um, <laughs> yeah, they pay their citizens. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's that's 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 a horrible story. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna uh, run around the house now, screaming spoons. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> I will say, I I really kind of wish that he killed his parents. Right. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Oh the reverse like, Batman. As, and it's like as as terrible as an ending it is for Modsley and like and a and a and everything and a cautionary tale also to remember to not blend fact with fiction. Right. Do your yeah. research. Yeah. Seriously. Um it's also like I mean, I also think it's a great story because there's four terrible t- people who didn't who didn't deserve to breathe our air that don't breathe our air anymore. So, <laughs> like in my opinion, with well, the you whole, got a little yeah. bit of Dexter in there too, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, but I think it, I, I think <laughs> I I also 
think that's interesting though because like so my, my only thing about it is that usually when tops like the talks like these come up about somebody who did in this case do vigilante work did kill terrible people i always hear you know other people bringing up being like well yeah but you shouldn't associate with the serial killer you shouldn't you know you know congratulate him for killing but honestly when you look at the context of this and yeah you could everybody can always say never applied uh, never applaud the loss of human life well are they really human if they created the if they committed such heinous acts towards children are they really that human can we really make the argument that they deserve a humanity anymore i mean yes, i don't agree it's, i it's called nuance people <laughs> <laughs> you know but, i mean we can you know, we can go into the other people's backgrounds and see how fucked up they got and how they got fucked up. And yeah. then, you know, I mean, there's there's this aspect of, like, kicking the can down the road and blame and, and, and responsibility and all the, those other kinds of things. So not knowing, like, you know, I don't know those guys' names, but it's like, you know, his, I'm sure that, you know, one of these guys that he killed had a really bad situation and they were, you know they were schizophrenic too or something you know it's like oh, and yeah. they you know their their dad molested them and they didn't know how to just go and kill other you know molesters they decided to do it you know so it's like yeah there's there's a lot of crazy you know aspects of it of you know just getting the, the you know that but yeah you know um you know terrible human beings you know the whole aspects of evil and stuff like that you know there's there's there there are like sins against humanity and Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that he is the, you know, the arbiter of, you know, justice. justice. Oh, yeah. no, no. And but, I also, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, just, <laughs> yeah, he's not like somebody that is, is sitting there like weighing, you know, the stones and going, is this guy good or bad? And it's like, you know, he just, he's making assumptions and going, but you know, um, what if somebody was, ha- hadn't done that thing? And was there, you know, so it's just, there's a lot of things and I, and I understand a lot of different um, aspects of it, but, you know, I I feel bad for the guy and it sucks, you know, I mean, it sounds schizophrenic. He got fucked up. There's that, uh, that kid who died here uh, several years ago, uh, Gabriel Fernandez, who like was beaten Mm -hmm. for like months upon months and, um, and they ended up, you know, killing him because they just beat him so badly Parents. His parents. Oh, did I know that. exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Gar- yeah, yeah, Gabriel and- Hernandez. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I told Cody about this too. Um, yeah. Like in 2019, or was it early 2020? I told you. But yeah, I, I told Cody about this documentary I was watching on Netflix yeah. about that about him, Gabriel Hernandez, and yeah, that. I mean, it's hard not to have like emotions of wanting to like go find these you know adults yeah. and just like you know beat them within an inch of their life, especially being a dad. Who mm-hmm. you know loves this kid yeah. and wouldn't do that? I mean, yeah, I it's mean, hard not to have those emotions. I, I would, I would have loved at the end of that. You know, they take Gabriel away and he's beaten, but he comes back, and then later he like he he literally like shoots them in the head or whatever. <laughs> and then and then you know then they're like, okay, we're gonna just we're gonna give you the schizophrenic medicine and we're gonna get you a therapist and and then he's fine. Like that's the best end. Like the. Like the movie ending, the, the best movie yeah. ending possible, right? But mm-hmm. it's like still, it's all, it's all fucked. So yeah. It's like, like, yeah. it's like, like what like, happened to no... his parents to make them fucked? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you don't want that to happen to anybody, like anybody. And no. so, um, you know, we can only, you know, 
you I don't know, you can only take so much and yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, it, like my biggest thing is like as because <laughs> like as much as I uh, I'm definitely one of those people that, like advocates like yeah, death to pedophiles. <laughs> um, but like when it comes down to it, it's like I it, in the long run, I just want rehab for everyone. We need a rehabilitation and really look at things of how everything's how, how our like everything's being ran because yeah. like uh, Modsley was asking for help vividly like uh, throughout well, his entire yeah, life he, like before he started killing he was trying to happen like, yeah and like well and just just what happened like uh, we were just discussing it like in, in in LA they just busted up the the homeless encampment uh in Echo Park and it's like all of these people got, th- you know, a lot of these people got thrown out on the streets in the 80s when, you know, uh, Reagan shut down all the asylums. <laughs> you know, the asylums were bad. Don't get me wrong. These weren't, like, great places, kind of like, you know, um, Robert in, in these um, in these places in the 70s. These were, like, pretty ca- scary places. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, like, psychiatry in the 60s and 70s was, like, one step away from an exorcism. Yeah, you're, like, yeah, shocking basically. people. You're like, hey, maybe this will help, you know. Yeah. Um, but at least, the, you know, they, there was, you know, now there's no level of care at all. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and it's, it's yeah, there's no rehab. There's no aspect of that. And, and that's. That's a Even shame. just the stigma of of a mental illness is is enough to like lose people jobs and yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's really yeah it's it's tough to get help still even still. our generation is more open about it than ever before but it um yeah it's still tough to get help yeah it is and like and that's the thing like with the, with this tale too is just like re- realizing how like what needs to be fixed like our prison systems need to be fixed because they need to be more for rehabilitation rehabilitating these people instead of just throwing them into solitary confinement where they go in completely insane they're still hearing these voices they're not getting fixed and then like when they get released out of that they just act on those instincts before because they never got the help you know and exactly. then same with every all of our prisoners and whatnot like i don't know if you guys have watched a uh, 90 day lockup um <laughs> Or something like that. So basically, it's this uh, program. It's this show where these uh, the sheriffs are trying to improve their prisons, so they have uh, like civilians dress up and go in as prisoners and go and stay ninety days in this in their prisons and talk about what needs to get fixed and whatnot. And like the biggest thing that I've been re- I've watching this show is just that they're fucking bored. They just throw these prison mm-hmm. these all these people mm-hmm. into this into this cell into these giant cells these giant rooms and whatnot stuff them in there like fucking sardines and then they don't let them do anything they can't you know like there's no exercise for them there's nothing for them to do they they just sit there and stew and it gets worse and worse and worse and of course they're gonna come back and of course they're gonna like you know act out on these things because there's nothing for them to do because there's no there's no rehab they have yeah. nothing to look forward to. They need to be taught how to, like you know, retaught how to work. They or some of them even to read and write and stuff like that. They just need help, and that's like. And then, well, after reading, uh, you know, researching about this guy, I was like, "Fuck, man!" And watching this show, I'm just like, just fucking help them. <laughs> like, I don't understand why we can't just actually help people. <laughs> Well, that that's, I mean, that sounds like a lot of money right there. And, I know. You know <laughs> not, not going to corporations actually, and CEOs, and that just sounds like you know actually fixing problems that right seem to 
want to take my money away. It's, and... it's not just one <laughs> pill. We're not going to do it. Yeah. And even though, like, it's been proven that it's cheaper to help them instead of doing what we're doing now. No, no, no. It's, it's actually cheaper to go green. But, you know, I like my fossil fuels, damn it. And I make a lot of money off of it. Yeah, fuck those two. Oh, man. Well, I, sadly, I don't think we're going to be able to solve the... The incarceration crisis we were facing <laughs> here in one episode. I, although I, I do think, think we're making some headway. I'm thinking you're you're thinking too small here, Spoon. Come on, man. <laughs> Give everybody yes. spoons. Let's do it. Let's Everyone fucking go. Let's spoon. do it. It's, it's over. You want your freedom? Kill this pedophile with a spoon. <laughs> okay. uh, we're now a citizen. You now have the right to vote if you're. Uh, <laughs> um. This has been a chock full episode of just interesting facts about, about <laughs> CD players, about the zombie game, about vigilante serial killers. Um, and it, honestly, it's been a very fruitful one. Dan, Emily, again, one more time, where can everybody go to support you in the zombie game? Yeah, our Kickstarter launches March 30th, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Kickstarter at The Zombie Game. The Zombie Game. Tried to make it super easy to spell. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, make sure you go support them. We have those links down below in the episode notes. And I, I keep making this mistake, I, and I have to remind myself. So, some of our content is not being put up on YouTube. Um, that was a choice we made and was just one I forgot to keep mentioning on, but we're only talking about our audio episodes mainly. However, um, if you're listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Player FM, um, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, make sure you check out the episode notes. Go follow, go support the zombie game, go support Emily and Dan and what they're doing. It's a fantastic graphic novel that we cannot wait to come out and get our hands on. We are excited to read it and we sure you amazing ghouls, gals, creeps, and mutants are also excited. And if you want to keep up with everything that we are doing, make sure you like us and follow us on Facebook, Punk Rock Horror Podcast, there on our Twitter at official PRHP or on Instagram, Punk Rock Horror Podcast, hashtag PRHP Podcast. You can follow me at the Undead Matt on Instagram, and you can also follow Cody on Twitter at Krampus Cody. If you want to support the show in a financial way, you can do that either via donations from uh, Anchor itself, or you can go to our Patreon and become a monthly subscriber, and we will you will get some fantastic rewards. Even for just $2 a month, you will still get some fantastic rewards there. Um, also, we do have merch available, so please check out teespring.com slash podcast. Those links are also in the notes below. Um, before we head out, Emily, Dan, is there any any last words you want to give to all the amazing ghouls, gals, creeps, and mutants? I mean, we're we're looking forward to hanging out with you. So uh, yeah, just uh, drop us a line and uh, tell us what you think of the book. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> pressure, 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 oh, pressure. Oh, uh, but I just I, I just really wanted to thank you guys again for having us back. It's been absolutely a blast, and I, I learned some interesting facts about spoons. <laughs> They're you very there, versatile. The <laughs> <laughs> good for next week and sports. <laughs> the latest trend in utensils. <laughs> are, they, are they a fork? Or are they a spoon? Tune in for the answers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Again, ghouls, gals, creeps, and minions, thank you again for hanging out for another episode of the Punk Rock Horror Podcast, and we will talk about horror with you next time.
Bye. Bye.